Welcome to The Other Side of Wall Street with your host, Ron Harrison. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Other Side of Wall Street. My name is Ron Harrison. I'll be your host for today. And uh, if you've been following along on previous episodes, you know that we uh, like to spend this half hour each week talking about different aspects of trading and the problems that uh, traders may be experiencing, especially the beginning uh, novice trader. And recently we've been focusing on your emotions, your trading psychology. In other words, what your fear and your greed can do to your decision-making process, uh, especially when you're first starting out. It, it's so common for that to happen with, uh, like I said, beginning traders. So what we've done in past episodes is give you uh, theoretical examples of what will happen when you allow fear and greed to come into play, even even ego. So that's the main three, fear, greed, and ego, but uh, more so fear and greed for what we've been trying to do. And we've been trying to show you theoretically, what can happen when those two emotions are left unchecked. So what I thought I might do today is uh, maybe take a slight break from that narrative and share with you um, some real-life examples of other traders that we have worked with. And we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of traders uh, over the years, coaching them and trying to help them through uh, this exact same kind of problem and getting their trading back on track. So I thought maybe today I could share with you some examples of uh, of, of some real life, of course we're not going to mention names, but uh, some real life uh, examples of how uh, fear and greed uh, affected their outcome. So let's get started. So the first one that comes to mind, it goes back a few years, uh, we were holding uh, weekly uh, coaching sessions, and uh, we were at that time uh, sharing our trades, which we still do, with our students. And this particular trade I can think of, uh, I can't even remember the actual stock at this point. It was one of the FANG stocks. It might have been Facebook, or it might have been Netflix, one of those two. But anyway, they came out uh, with earnings. So we, uh, earnings came out. Earnings were very disappointing, so and the, and they came out after the market closed. So the stock tumbled in after hours trading, and uh, next morning it was down even more. So uh, this particular student, as many of the other students were, were in this trade, but this guy in particular I remember because he uh, the way he reacted to the trade. So he should have had a stop loss order in. He did not, and I didn't know that at the time. But uh, the stock tumbled. He was in quite a, a losing uh, situation as far as the amount the stock was down because these big stocks, you know, the ones that trade up in the higher hundreds of dollars per share, when they fall, they fall quite a bit. Percentage-wise, no more than other stocks do, but dollar-wise, quite a bit. So he's down quite a bit. And... Uh, all he wants to do, all this particular guy can do is think about this stock. Now, our other students, stock tumbled, the stops got hit, they were out of the stock, and we were off looking for other opportunities, other trades to take, which there were many of. Uh, and, uh, you know, it out of that trade into a new trade, and which is how it should be. Uh, no emotion involved. But this particular guy, 
All he wanted to do was dwell on this particularly losing trade. Uh, I told him that he should at least close it, uh, or he could adjust it. There were many adjustment techniques he could have used, but he totally became 100% frozen. He couldn't make an adjustment. He couldn't close the trade because that was too painful. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything except constantly want to talk about that trade. So, and this went on for, uh, many weeks actually, because we would meet once a week. And, uh, and now we do these meetings via webinar. At the time, these particular meetings were live. Uh, we, we would all get together at a location uh, for two hours each week. And uh, we would be talking about, and, and, up, and you know, and it, in some of these following weeks as we were getting together, we would, uh, as a group, be talking about other stocks, other opportunities, other techniques, just other things in general that those meetings were tailored for. And every few minutes, all he'd want to do is mention that trade and that and where it was. He could not get past it. He could not get through it. He could not adjust it. He could not close it. He could not listen to any other opportunities out there. Absolutely nothing. Now, the other traders, after enough weeks had passed, they had gone on to other trades and actually had made back uh, in excess of what that losing trade uh, had done to them because they, they had a, a good stop in place. Uh, but this other guy still dwelling on that particular stock. And he never stopped uh, focusing on that stock. I don't even remember if he ever got out of it. He might have he might have held it. I mean, I'm sure if he held it long enough to now, he, it would have come back because they all have. But uh, how long he had to hold it, I have no idea. And uh, in the meantime, he missed out on quite a bit of other opportunities where he could have been profitable far, far faster than what he did if he did, in fact, wait it out because eventually he stopped coming to the meetings. He got so discouraged and he gave up. But uh, that's an example of what happens when you don't manage your risk correctly and the stock goes against you and you don't have your stop in place and you become frozen, literally frozen. You can't see anything else. You can't hear anything else. You can't analyze anything else. Any other market information that's out there becomes invisible to you. Nothing else matters except that one trade that you actually can't do anything about because you're frozen. And I've seen that happen many times, but this guy had happened right in front of my face week after week after week until he finally gave up and stopped coming. Whereas all the other traders, like I said, moved on, new trades, back into profit again, and they were fine. So that's, that's one of the people I can think of. Um, another one is uh, we were doing classes. Uh, this particular uh, guy and a couple of his friends took some of our class, uh, classes and were very excited about the program we were teaching. And uh, they, uh, this particular guy happened to be a police officer. And he wasn't that old. He was probably mid-40s, I would say. And I'm guessing that he really wanted to quit the police force even before he took our class. I think that was in the back of his head that he was looking for an out. He was looking for something else to do. And uh, so we took our class. I got very excited, uh, started paper trading, uh, saw what it could do. Uh, so one day he stopped by my office and uh, he wanted to talk to me. I said, sure, come on by. Came in and he 
started talking and informed me that he had made the decision he is going to retire from the police force and uh, pursue a career in trading. I instantly encouraged him not to do that, not to do that, only because of the fact that he was still definitely a novice and there were too many pitfalls ahead of him that he hadn't even heard of or thought of yet. And uh, to quit a good paying job to do that was not the best idea. Uh, we talk about in classes that uh, you should not put undue pressure on your trading in the beginning, or actually at any time, but especially in the beginning. And one of the surefire worst ways to, uh, to start trading is to quit your job and have a 100% pressure on your trading results. That means everything that you, all of your bills, everything that you owe is dependent on your trading. And you're new at this. You don't know what you're doing yet. So I, I strongly encouraged him not to do that. He did it anyway. And his reason was that uh, he had a good pension built up. And he was, and at, at the with the economy going the way it was, it looked like that the police force was going to start cutting pensions. In other words, the longer you waited, the less you're likely to get. I guess, and maybe if you waited long enough, you'd like maybe you wouldn't get anything. I don't know how how bad that was, but that's what he was trying to uh, get ahead of. Let's say, so he quits, quits the police force, gets his pension, which was uh, at that point a hundred and forty thousand dollars. So he takes the hundred and forty thousand dollars, puts it into his trading account, and off he goes. So if you follow our classes if you've taken our classes you'll know this but if you haven't um, if you follow what we teach you should average be able to average a return of about five percent per month uh, doing what we do and remember uh, that may seem high but what we're teaching is people to trade like the firms trade their own money not the way the firms suggest you trade money in a retail uh, sense so what the firms do in the back rooms with their own money is totally different than what they tell you to do as a retail client. So just keep that in mind. And that's what we teach. So anyway, let's just assume that uh, on an average basis, he should be able to get about 5% per month. Now, he didn't tell me the details of his, uh, of his monthly uh, obligations as far as money goes, bills go. But... Uh, 140,000, so that should be about $7,000 per month average is what he could expect to take uh, take home. Well, I found out later that uh, his monthly, and he had, I think he had four or five kids, he had a lot of kids, big house, uh, cars, I mean, just, just, you know, he was living large, let's say. And I found out later that his monthly, uh, obligations came to about 10 grand per month his wife was not working he was a sole provider so now he's quit his job taken his pension $140,000 put it into his trading account and on a good on the best he could expect to produce is about seven grand a month so he starts trading so I'm not sure what he did the first month uh, but uh, either way you look at it at the end of the month out of his trading account came 10 grand to pay bills because that's the only place it could come from. So let's assume, just for the sake of argument, that he did do his 5% and he made $7,000, but yet he took out 10. 
So that means he was actually down three grand for the month. So if uh, if we may, let's let's do the math. So he had 140. Uh, he made seven, he made seven, so he had 147. But he took out 10, so he actually started out the next month with 137. So let's just say in that month, he had an average uh, perfect month, another seven grand. Added that to it, so that's 144,000. Took out 10 grand again. Now we're down to 134,000. So I sh I would think you can see how this is going. So this kept going on and on and on. And uh, but keep in mind another factor too is is that if you had 140,000 and you make five percent, that's going to be seven grand. Let's say you have 130,000. Uh, your five percent is not going to be seven grand anymore. It's going to be something less. So each month his five percent dollar amount became less and less and less each month. And also his total balance became less because not only was he producing less dollars each month, even though if he was still doing the 5%, and that's an assumption we don't know for sure, but uh, his, his overall balance is decreasing. So month after month after month, his account is heading in the direction of zero. And we could do the math to see how long it would take to hit zero at that rate. And I don't even know how long it took him. But not only that, he was also, as I found out later, because of the pressure of trying to create 10 grand to cover his bills, greed was kicking in, fear was kicking in. All at the same time, his positions started getting out of whack. I mean, uh, trading way too large and taking too much risk. Uh, which caused possibly greater losses. And all of these factors will tend and did tend to accelerate his progression to zero. So this was probably one of the most painful examples I've seen of people uh, taking too much risk in their trading, not managing their expectations. In other words, when you first start trading, you have to understand, first off, you shouldn't quit your job to trade uh, in the beginning until you get good enough at it. He, that's putting, way, like I said, way too much pressure on your trading. But in his case, he had, I guess, a good reason to do it because he was afraid he was going to lose his pension. But uh, nonetheless, it still put far too much pressure on what he was trying to accomplish, which just was just fuel for the fire for fear and greed. And uh, those things, like I said, caused him to, of course, uh, accelerate his risk take too much risk, trade too big, uh, all kinds of things. And uh, even if he had traded perfectly, calm, with no emotions, the math of the deal would not have worked. So it was doomed from the beginning. But if you couple that into fear and greed and pressure, a lot of pressure to produce, um, it, 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 it was doomed even, even to a greater extent. Of course, zero is zero. You can't go past that. But... Uh, that I would say was probably the uh, the worst case scenario that I can think of as far as, as that kind of scenario happening. So uh, eventually, he uh, he quit before he hit zero. But I think at the time that he finally quit, I think he was somewhere between twenty and forty thousand dollars left. And uh, at that point, he quit. And I'm not sure what he did. But uh, again, he gave up trading. Now. 
trading could have been very lucrative for him, especially with that amount of money. He could, he could have taken his pension, gone out and got another job, and uh, traded that 140000 without all that extra uh, added pressure and probably done very well for himself and built that up to a very, very nice nest egg, probably far greater than what the pension would have evolved to had he stayed in, in the police force. But he didn't. He went the other way. So, and he eventually gave up saying that uh, this doesn't work. It's not for me. And so on, whereas it does work. But because of the problems that he created himself, the problems that his emotions created, it caused him to, or it caused the whole thing to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. He was afraid it wasn't going to work, and he created a situation that caused it not to work. And uh, failure was the next step in line, and that's what happened. So he quit with a very small amount of cash compared to what he started with, and I imagine he got another job and started over again. But I believe he had to sell his house uh, along the way. So it, it was a very, it was a very sad uh, series of events. So uh, that is that guy. Now um, we have when we teach uh, our actual trading seminars classes, uh, one of the main techniques that we teach is selling options. And that's one of the big things that uh, I was taught when I was uh, on Wall Street that uh, options are a very, very, very risky uh, endeavor if you're on the side of the buyer. But uh, if you're on the side of the seller, a whole different story. You can do any kind of, you can check online, you can do some surveys, uh, do some searches, and you'll find that typically what you'll find out is that about 90% of all money spent buying options is lost. Uh, upwards to 90-some percent of all money spent on buying options is lost. That's why options have such a horrible reputation because they are just a vehicle for gamblers to gamble in the market. And most gamblers, as we know from Vegas, they lose. But if you have something that's a zero-sum game and you have two sides to the equation, if the people buying has a 90-some percent chance of losing, then you have to have the opposite side, which in this case is the sellers, who have a 90-some percent chance of winning. Just like the casinos. People walk through the door, sit down at the tables and the slot machines, put the money in, they lose. Where does that money go? It goes to the other side of the deal, which in that case is the casino. And the casino has the same odds of winning. That's why they have the huge casinos. So anyway, that was one of, that's one of the strategies that we teach. So part of that, in this particular strategy that I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to name, uh, I'm not naming anybody anyway, but uh, as far as any one individual, we're going to talk about uh, a group of, of students, uh, not not at one time, just collectively, that I've seen that we teach them this this strategy, and part of the strategy is that you're going to sell a put on a stock that you would like to own, and uh, it's an alternative to the buy and hold strategy because if a buy and hold strategy, you would just buy the stock and hold sit on it, hoping that it goes up in value, and then you can. Uh, sell it or do whatever, but you're looking for long-term gains. Well, in this case, you sell an option. In this case, you sell a put. And by selling a put, you're, you're agreeing to purchase the same stock, except at a lower price. And for that obligation, you collect money up front. It's called the premium. So when you collect that money up front, you actually can keep the money. That money goes straight into your account. If the stock happens to fall, then your 
to where you agreed to buy it, then you end up purchasing the stock, but at a discount. And what I found was that uh, so many after, and, but the point of, um, let me back up a second. The point is in doing this, this has to be on stocks you wouldn't mind owning anyway. N not uh, any other reason, if you want to own the stock, sell a put as opposed to outright buying the stock. So it has to be something you like, something you want, and something that you would have bought anyway. But what I found was because of greed, when we taught this, this, this scenario or this, this uh, technique, people would start searching for options that have high premiums. And let me take a break here. It was time for our break. Let's take a break and come back and finish this particular one up. Here's another look into the world of trading. Hey traders, want to jumpstart your trading? Well, I would assume that since you're listening to this podcast that your answer would be yes. And as they said in The Godfather, what if we made you an offer you can't refuse? And that's exactly what we're going to do. How would you like it if we gave you all the trades we make in our own accounts in real time so you could trade right along with us and profit as we do? And what if we met once a week for an hour to discuss our current trades and the other trades you may have open, plus discuss any problems you may be having in general with your trading? And that's one full hour of group coaching each week. Also, what if we threw in an additional one half hour of private one-on-one -on -one coaching each month to privately work on issues you may be having with your trading. It could be things you didn't feel like sharing in the group sessions. Also, what if we threw in a weekly end-of-week market review analyzing the past week's market and what to look forward to for the upcoming trading week? That will be delivered to your inbox every Friday after market close. And what if we threw in a free copy of our latest book, Reprogramming the Trader's Mindset, to help you get your trading emotions of fear and greed back in control? And what if we also sent you our monthly newsletter packed with trading tips and upcoming market events? That would be very useful, I'm sure. And to cap it all off, what if we gave you a 30% discount on all of our live three-day trading seminars? So altogether, this adds up to $1,269 in monthly value, plus another $1,680 in course discounts to use whenever you like. And if you think all this sounds good, then you must realize that this is a very powerful addition to your trading business. And as with any business, in the beginning, you will need a mentor or support team to help your business grow and to keep you on track to achieve your maximum trading potential. So the small cost to this extensive package is only $49 per month. And of course you can cancel at any time, but since you will be making far more than the cost of the program by just copying our trades, we doubt you're going to want to cancel. So don't wait any longer. Sign up today. Go to tradersacademy.org. Again, that's www.tradersacademy.org. And do it soon because memberships are limited. And it's our promise to you that if you copy all of our trades and you don't make at least double the first month what you paid, we'll gladly refund your subscription payment. So join us and together let's make some money. Okay, we're back. So as we were saying, uh, the point of this uh, particular option strategy is to sell puts on a stock you want to own so that you can actually collect a premium, have somebody pay you to buy the stock at a lower price than you would have bought it retail. 
So what I started finding was that people would go into the option tables and start looking for options on stocks that had extremely high premium because they wanted to collect a greater amount. And of course, that was being driven by greed. Now, it, another thing that we teach is, is that the reason that options, particular options are have a higher value, higher premium, is because the volatility on that particular stock is greater. So if the volatility is greater on that particular stock, then there has to be a reason. It's probably something maybe a little more risky involved in this in the story behind the stock. Something's going on that's causing that stock to be more volatile than the average stock. Hence, the greater premium because your people are that are taking a bigger chance when they deal with the options on that particular stock. So there's more money in it. So that's what they were doing. I call it premium hunting. And what they were doing was going through the tables, hunting stocks that had higher premiums. And that's the ones they would sell. Well, again, because those premiums were higher, that means the volatility was higher. That means the stocks were riskier. And so many times, those stocks would end up falling. They would end up owning the stock because it went down and hit the strikes of their puts. But it kept going because whatever was causing that volatility uh, just uh, didn't work out. And down the stock went. So they ended up owning uh, stocks, number one, that they didn't really want because it wasn't something that they wanted to buy anyway. It was just something that was that had a high premium. So here they are stuck with these stocks that I'll call junk stocks. Uh, they could have been good names, whatever, but they were still stocks you would not want to own. And uh, there they were. They had them in their portfolios and they kept falling. So now the pain stick jumps in. Uh, and uh, as we did in the first example, now they become frozen. They have these positions, the trade didn't work, and now they're starting to say the system doesn't work, I can't trade, this does, you know, what you're teaching us doesn't work, uh, whatever the scenario might be. But here they are now with, with positions that are really going south fast because greed made them look for something that had a greater value because they wanted to make bigger bucks on that trade at that point, as opposed to trading the way we teach, which was using charts, which was only dealing with stocks you want to own anyway, good solid companies. And of course, in those situations, the volatility is going to be less because the stocks are more stable. And if the volatility is less, the premium will be less. But you can still do a good 5% per month on those. But greed says no, if I go out and if we go out and look for stocks that have higher premiums, then uh, we're going to make more. Maybe we can push that up to 7, 8, 9, 10%. Who knows? But it doesn't work because there's other other extenuating circumstances like the ext extreme volatility and the stock more times than not will crash and you will be stuck holding something. You have no idea why you have it because you don't want it and you can't get rid of it because it's, it's, it's gone down too far at that point. So uh, that's another example of that I watched happen many times. And that one was pretty much caused by greed and then followed up by fear in conjunction with that. So that's another one. So uh, hopefully you can see at this point that uh, emotions in real life, in real time, uh, happen to and they affect so many traders in so many ways. And it's so easy to slip into that, uh, to that uh, mode of, of trading. Uh, as a matter of fact, you don't even know you're doing it. And that's, of course, the 
fact of ego is there telling you that you're doing everything fine and the market is just working against you. But uh, so, so many traders I've seen have, have done so many things that have, have been self-inflicting uh, as far as pain goes, as far as losses go. Uh, whereas if you, if you as we talked, if, if, we, if you have your trading plan, if you have a set of rules to follow, if you follow what we teach, it will work. But you have to trade without fear and without greed and without ego. You have to follow the rules. You have to be able to accept the risk that you're taking in each trade. And you have to predefine that risk before you take the trade. Know that you can accept that trade. Know that that, that amount of risk is not going to kill you. Accept it and put the trade on. And if the trade does happen to go bad, accept that, take the loss, and move on to the next opportunity. Now, we talked, uh, uh, mentioned very briefly a second ago about casinos. Well, why do you think casinos, the, the plan that they have, their business plan, works so well? And that is because they work on, and they, they structure everything they do based on the law of probabilities. And what that means in casinos, what that means in state lottery ticket sales, and what that means in your trading is, is that you have to believe that if you follow a, a proven system and you put on X number, in our case, X number of trades, in their case, X number of people coming through the door, trying their luck at the tables and the machines, or lottery tickets, X number of tickets being sold, they all know, of course, some lottery tickets are going to be winners. Some gamblers walking through the door of the casinos are going to be winners, which are losers for the casino and also losers for the lottery ticket people. And the same for us. We know we're going to have some losers, but we have to trust our system. We have to believe in 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 this this law this this law of probabilities. And we have to know. Let's say if we put on twenty trades, let's say maybe four, five of those trades might be losing trades, but the other 15, 16, 17, whatever the case may be, are going to be winning trades. And, and the losing trades are going to be scattered throughout. But you have to not be afraid to take the loss on the losing trades when they come along because you know that overall you're going to have more winners than losers. And because you manage your risk correctly, place your stops, so on and so forth, your losses are not going to be so great that it's going to totally destroy your, your trading account. And you're going to let your winners run so that you can collect maximum profit on all those trades. And all of that is, is governed by rules, by system, by technical analysis, by many factors, all of which we teach. But uh, you have to believe in the system and you have to believe that overall you're going to have more winners than losers. And you can't get hung up on the losing trades, become frozen, and let those losses accelerate and accelerate and accelerate. So that's our show for today. Uh, I would very strongly encourage you to uh, go to our website. And actually, we have a new program that we have out, which is a very intensive support program for beginning traders, novice traders, all the way through to advanced traders. Uh, and if nothing else, in that program, we give you all of the trades that we make ourselves on our own accounts so that you can trade right along with us and profit just as we do, which would be an easy way to give a uh, jump start to your trading to your trading account is just do what we do, copy what we do, and I think you'll be very happy with the results. 
but there's also many other uh, nice things that are included in that program. So if you're interested, if you're curious, go to www.tradersacademy.org. Again, that's www.tradersacademy.org. I strongly encourage you to sign up. Uh, the fee is only $49 per month. And once you see all the things you're going to get, plus we give you, like I said, our trades. And I promise you, you will make far more than that $49 per month off of our trades. So in essence, the program will be free. Not just free, you actually make money. So uh, I strongly encourage you to do that. And uh, otherwise, uh, that's it for this week. And we'll be back next week and do some more of this. So talk to you then. See ya. Bye.